From Harris Studios, this is Accounting for Tomorrow, an accounting and advisory services podcast for community leaders with a passion for change, who are ready to look past the numbers and ensure that today's planning efforts create success for tomorrow. Today, we'd like to welcome the head of our accounting services department, Pam McLean. With over 20 years of accounting experience, Pam has developed an extensive background in payroll, bookkeeping, accounts receivable, and accounts payable. She's a partner with Harris CPAs in our Magic Valley office, and we're excited to have her here today. Thanks, Pam, for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. So today's topic is kind of two parts. One part of it is just to talk about what's going on at Harris and our client accounting services department. We're relaunching it this year. We've got a lot of new things coming on board and we just want to go over what we're looking at and why we're doing it. The second part, which we're going to start off for is we just clipped over the end of the year and every one of our clients is closing our books. Our client accounting services department is busy helping closing their books. And we wanted to go over some tips and some topics about what to watch for as you do that. So let's just start here with a general discussion on accounting services. Really quick, when we talk to people, it seems like a lot of them think when they're closing their books or they're talking about their accounting functions that it's painful and it's time consuming. Why does that come up all the time? Well, first, it's a rise in stress for your staff that are responsible for your accounting services especially if they don't understand things like making journal entries. So I joke that not only do you have to be a total perfectionist in the accounting world, and there's no such thing, by the way, but you have to make sure that no comma, decimal, or number is out of place. And you also have the extra tasks that go along with your month-to-month, day-to-day responsibilities in your staff's job. So you can reduce overtime, for example, the inability to maintain that work-life balance for your staff if you just put a few things in play that we will mention later in this podcast. You need to have someone in that job who is trustworthy, knowledgeable, organized, and detail-oriented. The detail is so important when you're doing the books for a business to help make it successful in the future. So Pam, we talk about the increase in the turnover and the importance of the accuracy of the financial statements and the closing process and how important that is to your business. And this is for a lot of companies, not what they specialize in, right? They're there to run the company, to run the nonprofit, to be in the operations, not in the accounting. So a lot of this is foreign to them, but it's so critically important. So what are some easy steps for companies to get out of thinking that it's painful or time-consuming when they look at their accounting services. So take a look at what the average time your staff takes to do the book work for the month, how many times they're paying bills during the month, because we at Harris recommend twice and not every day or every week, because it's really inefficient to the process. What are the bottlenecks in the process? How can you solve those bottlenecks? What's redundant? Like I just mentioned, the bill paying. Are you doing deposits every day and recording those deposits every day? Or do you have a designated time to record those deposits? Also, are you keeping the jobs separated 
within your staff, like someone takes care of the deposits and then someone enters the deposits into QuickBooks, for example, the separation of the processes in your business are very, very important. Understanding, of course, that there are a lot of small businesses that have one person taking care of that. But how often are you as a business owner taking a look at the books to see how they look every month? I mean, you still need to stay engaged, but it's also best that you're doing what you do best with your business. But you still have to stay involved in the financial part of your business. Workload disparities amongst your staff. If you have more than one person, is it fairly distributed? Are they working on what they do best? You know, figure out their weaknesses and their strengths. That's very important. What do they enjoy doing in accounting services for your business? And look at any other areas of improvement that you can make on that monthly process. I'm not saying that it'll be done overnight. It really is something you have to work on. But write it down, put it on the computer in a Word document, however you want to do it. Excel spreadsheet and just start writing down or have your staff write down what it is they do every day. And then you can get that into a simpler form. And I say simple because you can reduce a lot of the redundancies that you see when you write them down. And it'll help you identify the solution that you need to come to to make it better for your business. Another important aspect is deadlines. The IRS has deadlines, the state has deadlines, there can be internal deadlines for reporting. Make sure when you give your accounting department a project that you're always giving a deadline and make it like five to seven days before the actual deadline. If you're reviewing the work, then that gives you a little bit of time to review it before the actual deadline. Make sure you collect your receivables. Don't let those go 90, 120 days past due. That really affects a business's bottom line. And constantly monitor your cash flow. And another important key piece, for those of you that have inventory, make sure you're keeping track of your inventory. Uh, Keep receipts for everything purchased for your tax accountant so that they'll know in the long run how to depreciate that item or whether it even needs to be depreciated. Look for automation. Uh, We get a lot of books still at Harris. They're still on paper or ledger sheets or given to us in big baker's boxes, shoe boxes, and that sort. And let's look for some automation that we can purchase for your business that would make life so much easier. And ways to back up that software if you don't, if you're a small business and you're not backing up your, your software. So Pam, when we're talking about looking at our accounting process, that's one area where maybe a, a lack of process or just uh, the unknown makes it that painful or that time-consuming thing. And, and really looking at our processes is one way of really breaking it down into really manageable steps. So could you go over kind of how you, when you come in on, on a new client or when you're looking at the accounting process, what you look at and how you kind of break it down into manageable steps? Sure, Josh. 
So when I first meet with a client, I always ask them, what keeps you up at night? And you're surprised by their answer nine times out of 10. I write down those pain points, and then I come up with a process of what the team can do for that particular client. Because sometimes it's work that will be all over the board in the beginning, but we narrow it down to a process that will help the client come up with a checklist, which we help create, and that they can stick through it through the month. Of course, it may not be perfect right away. We can make it more streamlined. I think that's a great comment. Oftentimes when we walk in and talk to clients first, they're doing payables on a daily basis. And you look at it and say, well, why don't we just do these twice a month, right? They're, they're almost making their processes more complicated than they need to, but it's not documented or nothing's kind of put in place or timing hasn't been assigned to it. And so just by structuring the process more for them, it really helps reduce the stress because they can count on when they're going to do payables and know that it's going to be done then or when payroll is going to be ran or when the even the month end close is going to be done. And I'm going to kind of shift gears here and talk a little bit about journal entries. I think we will see clients, once they get set up on a regular routine, see that daily processing of bills, that payroll processing, all of that start to run very smoothly once they get on a process. But journal entries are hard. Some people have not been trained or spent 20 years trying to do them. And they look at their month end and see all these journal entries and it makes them very confusing. What are ways to help make those more efficient as they go through their journal entries? Good question. So one thing to think about is each journal entry contains the data significant to a single business transaction. I'm also a firm believer that a lot of journal entries can be alleviated if we keep up on the month-end work, but they are necessary in the accounting world, and you need to include the date, the amount to be credited and debited, and always put a brief description in the comments of your journal entry. And very important, you need to keep the documents that relate to the journal entry. That's great right there. I don't know how many times I have posted a journal entry, knew what it stood for, and didn't write it down. Did not write the description down, thinking like, well, I posted the journal entry, I should be able to remember it. And then like two weeks later, I come back to it and I'm thinking, what in the world did you just do? Like, <laughs> where, where did this journal entry come from? And it was me who posted it, right? Let alone someone else, you know, trying to interpret what I was doing. So descriptions are extremely important and not like description about like, just some kind of like journal entry number 24, but an actual description of why the journal entry is being made. And then where is the support for the journal entry? Where did you take that number from to record it? Or what were you trying to do? That way you can recreate it. And the following month, when you come to make that same journal entry, a lot of journal entries are recurring. You're making the same journal entry every single month or every single quarter or every year. But when you come back to it, it makes it even easier the second time to understand, oh, I need to go to this report, I need to pull this number, book the journal entry, and go on. So I think what you just said there about documentation of your journal entry is extremely important. I know I've, I've violated that rule, and it, every time it's come back and, and really caused me issues. So Well, you're not alone, Josh. And the other thing that I like to see, too, is if there's more than one person making journal entries, we put our initials 
next to that AJE number at the top of the journal entry. And then that way I know or another person knows who to come back to for that documentation. Because let's face it, sometimes we're in a hurry or we get distracted in the middle of the journal entry. We may not get the comments in there every time. Absolutely. I found also one more thing on journal entries is to go through the process where you list out all the journal entries that you are making as a company and then actually going through and critically looking at, do they really need to be a journal entry? Or if I just record the transaction correctly during the month, whether it's when I record that invoice, do I code it to the right place or do I, you know, cost it to the right job or the class or whatever it is. But looking at some of those journal entries and thinking to myself, I could reduce the number of journal entries. That has really helped out because then it makes that month end close even better. The other thing I've seen is the recurring journal entries. Take, for instance, like a depreciation entry or something like that. You can set up a recurring journal entry so you don't even have to book it every single month. It will just automatically continue to do it for you, which then again, you get it right the first time. It really saves you time as you go forward. The last part I kind of want to talk about as we go through our financial statement close is that review or that consideration on your financial reports, right? The goal of a financial close on a monthly, quarterly, and annual basis is to generate financial reports that the business owner or the board or the executive director, any person in control of those finances can review and make great decisions off of. But I think what happens, what we see a lot is a lot of closing goes all the way up to the point where it's time to generate the reports, but then there's no critical review over those reports on, did I make all the entries right? Did I close the books properly? You know, did the the bank reconciliation reconcile and clear out? Maybe go through what you look at when you look at financial reports, kind of that final review and maybe some tips that people can take that you're looking at to make sure things are right? So I do review those statements every month for our team at Harris. And what I look for on the balance sheet and the profit and loss statement are anything that stands out. Like if I see accounting services dash miscellaneous, I know that it's been coded to the wrong account And QuickBooks, for instance, created a miscellaneous on that accounting. So I go back and I adjust that. And I just basically put a prior year comparison up if it hasn't already been put on the report and look for anything that doesn't look right. And then I delve into it in the actual QuickBooks folder to see maybe if something uh, received or accounts payable or accounts receivable was reposted to the incorrect account. And then after I'm satisfied that everything looks good, I will sign off on that report and then it is sent to the client for their board presentation or if it's a business owner, how he or she can see what it looks like compared to the prior year. And we will also do prior month comparisons and prior quarter comparisons. I think that's great when you look at and compare what your expectations are or to what it was in the prior period. If you pay all your bills on time and all of a sudden you look at your month end reports and you see accounts payable skyrocket, well, that doesn't make sense, right? That could be a a sign like 
that there's something that we need to fix or there's an error in there that just needs to be coded correctly, right? Or if you see your receivables, businesses that owe you money uh, and that skyrockets outside of your norm, well, why? And I think asking the why when you look at it really helps you understand it. For In your example, you talked about comparing to prior quarters, to prior years, asking yourself why there was a change helps you identify if there's anything left to be closed. It, the why could be right, like you could have increased dramatically or decreased dramatically. But if you weren't expecting that, then that triggers you to kind of go back further and look in the detail and make sure you've got it right. I think that is a critical step at the end of each month closing that we see is oftentimes missed that takes, how long does it take you to do that step just to ask the why? Oh, not very long at all. And Josh, you bring up a good point. One of the reasons that we'd like to do this monthly is also fraud is on the uptick in some companies. And I always like to keep honest people honest. And if we see something out of whack, for instance, on somebody's books, we can ask that why and bring it to the business owner's attention. We don't like to go six months or a year on anyone that does annual accounting, for instance, and the business owner who has not looked at their books for that long because of this fact. So it's our job also in our department to make sure that we are keeping those people honest and that you aren't experiencing any kind of fraud at all. Excellent. So we've talked about month-end accounting and journal entries. Uh, We talked about looking at our accounting, just overall accounting processes and ways to streamline throughout the month our our accounts payable and our billing and our receiving and our cash receipts processes. And then at month-end, looking at journal entries, looking at our close and maybe looking at producing a closing checklist to help us go through that process not only just to increase the quality, but then to decrease the stress, to decrease the time it takes to do it. But we started the podcast with one area, which is turnover. And you had mentioned there's a lot of turnover in the accounting field right now. And we see our businesses are are struggling with it. They see someone turnover in their accounting department and they just can't replace that person or they can't find the new person. They have to train and get everyone up and running. So when you look at that, and I'm going to kind of bridge over, one of the solutions to that is to look at aspects of your process and maybe outsource it, right? Which is where our, at Harris, our client accounting services department really comes in, right? Looking at maybe you've got the day-to-day data entry and operations and payroll or disbursements in place, but you're still looking, those journal entries, that month-end process just still is... It's, right. it's just complicated. Right. <laughs> and so uh, maybe talk about uh, kind of Harris's client accounting services department and how uh, you guys have structured and, and what you're looking for in 2023. Well, I'm excited about CAS 2.0, which is client accounting services for Harris in 2023. So we want to help you sleep at night, and we take on those accounting services for your company because it is so hard right now to find qualified and trained uh, accountants for businesses. 
So right now you might be using an administrative staff or someone else in the organization to help bridge this piece when you can't find people, or you can't hire and train someone that truly understands the golden rules of accounting. Debit the receiver, credit the giver, debit what comes in, credit what goes out, and debit all expenses and losses, credit all income and gains. A lot of people don't understand this piece, so we like to come in and make sure your books are pristine and that we work with the clients. We love meeting the clients and building a relationship with them. That is so important to us. And watching you prosper and be successful in the future, we feel a part of that. And we also want to hand those pristine books off, of course, to the tax accountants and have them sing our glory and praises. If you do have that administrative staff that's doing the day-to-day process, we can still review your books at month end and help you close them out, reconcile the account. We can help with payroll processing. That's become an issue with some of the companies because everybody seems to think that payroll is so easy. But what you don't understand is those, that federal tax deposit is trust account money, and it's taken very seriously by not only the IRS, but those of us at Harris, CPAs. We use ADP as our payroll processing platform. ADP is awesome. We love to use it. We have built a great relationship with our ADP partner, and they process the payroll, they prepare the quarterly payroll reports, and also the year-end payroll reports. They pay all the tax money to the state and to the IRS that needs to be paid, and they do it timely. So that takes a big load off of a business owner's shoulders, because you don't want to be late with those tax deposits. The other thing is we use Build.com because a lot of businesses, and even I used to do back in the good old days, pay bills every day if a client had the bills coming in every day. And we decided that that is so inefficient. So we touch them now twice a month, and Build.com has really helped with that process. The client can also have the approval process so that he or she can look at those bills before they actually go out to the vendor to be paid. So we're really excited about 2023. We're bringing on these processes to our current and all new clients that we bring into the department. It also breaks the month-end process down into a few buckets that let companies tailor what they need or want. The important part is that it allows the owner to spend more time on the company, which is what the company owner should be doing, and its operations than on the books. It takes the pain and the time out of it for them, which can only be a positive commodity. That's great to hear, Pam. I've watched your team throughout the year really focus on the launch of the new department and what we're looking at and how you guys are going to drive more value on a monthly basis to your business owners, really getting, you know, some additional controls into place, but also the efficiency of using the software platforms that we've embraced and the ability to focus on those month end counting and really keep up to date and current really will allow those business owners to make even better decisions throughout the year. Right. And and then you have the ancillary effect, which is, oh, it makes the tax to, you know return easier and quicker because your books are cleaner and you're not combining 
basically a year's worth of accounting into a tax return or a year end. And, and, you know, those are all ancillary, in my mind, benefits, because the real benefit comes from accurate financial reports on a monthly basis that you can use to make even better decisions as a business owner or a nonprofit director or board, really any type of entity benefits by having cleaner and more organized and more accurate books. And I hope that whether it's reaching out to our client accounting services department for assistance or looking for ways that our clients can just internally increase their records, whether it's through those closing checklists or better understanding of journal entries, I think is going to be a benefit for everyone as we go into 2023. Thank you for listening to Harris CPA's Accounting for Tomorrow. Stay tuned for new episodes each month. Podcasts are also available on our website at harriscpas.com slash podcasts. Any accounting business or tax advice contained in this podcast is not intended as a thorough in-depth analysis of specific issues, nor a substitute for a formal opinion, nor is it sufficient to avoid tax-related penalties. If you'd like, Harris CPAs would be pleased to perform the research and provide you with a detailed analysis of your specific situation. Thank you.